And so Paul wrote to us, now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Election promises come in all shapes and sizes. Promises to lower taxes or raise them on some, but of course never on you. Promises to cut spending. Promises to increase spending. And sometimes the election promises are really big. Most of us probably remember one of the key election promises that Donald Trump made four years ago when he was running for election. To build a wall a wall between the US and Mexico and have Mexico pay for that wall. Why was that wall such a great and important part of his platform? And why did it spark people's imagination so much? Probably because there is comfort in walls, comfort in borders, in lines that cannot be crossed. Things that say this far and no further or like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, you shall not pass. It can be good to know just how far you can go and no further. That line that if you cross it, you enter into the place where there may be dragons. I was reading this week about a study that was done regarding playgrounds. By observing teachers and their students on a playground surrounded by a fence and on a comparable playground with no fence, researchers found a striking difference in how the children interacted with the space. On playgrounds without fences, the children tended to gather around the teacher and were reluctant to stray far from her view. On playgrounds that were fenced in, however, they ran all around the entire playground, feeling more free to explore and often got as far from the teacher as they could. Conclusion, with a boundary, in this case a fence, children felt more at ease to explore the place. In other words, the researchers concluded, fences are good, but are they? I was also listening this week to a Bible study from Georgia on Paul's words from Romans this week. The pastors were talking about how the law provides a fence around our activities, our thinking, and our lives. In fact, our own small catechism speaks of the first use of the law, of the commandments of God as a curve, which is a kind of fence, right? The car can go this far and no further. You get to the edge of the road, you hit a bump. And laws do function that way, as fences, as curves, as guardrails. They keep the cattle in the field, they keep the chickens in the coop, they keep the rabbits in the hutch, they keep the chinchilla in the cage, if you will. And that is how God's law works now. It works that way among the religious by saying, do not, or I shall strike you down. And so truly religious people try and keep all of the commandments of God so they don't transgress the fence, cross the boundary, run into that man with the staff saying, you shall not pass. But laws also function that way among the irreligious, the unspiritual, 
don't do this or you'll be shamed on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Paul puts this function of the law another way. I was once alive apart from the law, Paul writes to the Romans and to us. But when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. I was once free to go wherever I chose. There were no boundaries. There was no wall. There was no fence at the edge of the playground. But now I run up to the fence of the law. I run up to that boundary that the commandments set in place, and I see a border. I see a sign that says this far and no further. I see a do not pass. And the sin that is in us sees that sign, sees that do not enter, do not cross, that electrified fence, that insurmountable wall. And in seeing it, in confronting it, in standing in front of it, we die. We know there's an edge. We know there's a boundary. And we come to hate it. We've all been under lockdown for all these many months. And for those of us who like to travel, this has been hard. We can't just drive down to Ohio to see our family. Vacations planned to Europe or to Asia have had to be canceled. We couldn't just get on a plane and expect to be allowed into a country and reach our destination. And that's what sort of happens with God's law as well. We not only come to hate the boundary, hate the idea that there's a place that we cannot go past, but we come to hate the person that put the boundary there in the first place. Sin wells up in us, and we cannot help but look at God and say, Lord God Almighty, tear down this wall. Tear down this boundary. Let us go free. Because after all, that's what we all want, isn't it? Freedom. Liberty. But to cross that wall, to cross that boundary, that, that electrified fence with all of the broken glass and razor wire on the top, is death. Now to switch gears just a little bit, leave the law aside for a moment, let's talk about the gospel, the good news, what it is that Jesus Christ has done for us. And there's lots of ways of sharing the good news, the gospel, with our neighbors and friends, with people around us, maybe even people that are watching this service right now, later at home. There's the old tried and true. Jesus Christ died for our sins on the cross that all might be saved through him. There's the old gospel shorthand, John 3.16. And then there's Paul's version of the good news in Romans chapter 7, in our epistle reading for today. Now, we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Now, I'm guessing that's not the words that most of us have used to share the gospel, but that is the good news. That is what Paul is reminding the Romans has been accomplished for us in Jesus Christ by his life, by his death, and by his resurrection. Remember the old story that I told you right back at the beginning a few minutes ago about the playground? 
Do you remember the conclusion that the researchers had? A fence allows children to explore, but it also means they no longer see the teacher as the source of comfort and security. Instead of being focused on that person who tells them that they are safe, they are focused on the fence and boundary and the limits that have been put on them. They walk off these children away from their teacher, off to the edge of the world, the playground, and realize they are hedged in and they cannot leave. Ecclesiastes chapter three, there's a lot of good, great quotable verses in Ecclesiastes, but this is one of my favorites, especially as a missionary. God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. We have thoughts about things that are bigger than us. We have imagination. We have creativity. Yet the preacher continues by saying, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. As creative as we are, as great as our imagination is, there's a fence. There's a boundary, there's a limit, and we run into that fence of the law. You can't, you must, you ought not to, you shouldn't, your days are numbered, all we like grass will perish, the wages of sin is death, and as we keep running into that boundary, that curve, that wall, over and over again, we begin to resent the fence builder, to hate the border, and we hate its constraining on what we can and cannot do. If we are to become reoriented as children, away from the can'ts and oughts and shoulds, and back towards the love of the teacher, instead of hatred of the fence, paradoxically, the fence has to come down. The fence and the wall and the border has to go. And so Paul goes on to write in three chapters beyond this one, in Romans chapter 10, that Jesus is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Jesus is the end of the fence. He's the one who dismantles the wall. He's the one who takes the curbs away. Because all the law succeeds in doing, apart from Jesus Christ, is to show us where we cannot go and reveal a holiness and a righteousness that we do not have. But now in Christ, we see that the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. We can, like we sung in the psalm, talk about the commandments and precepts of the Lord as being wonderful and beautiful and worthy of our praise. The law is no longer a fence, a border, a wall out there. The law becomes the holiness of God by God's Spirit through Christ in here, in our hearts. Not an edge that can't be transgressed, but a focus inside our very selves. The desire to see our neighbors forgiven and restored to God in Jesus Christ. The desire to see peace come to the nations as Jeremiah wished that it would 
but could not see happening. The desire to see prophets receive a true welcome and the righteous rewarded instead of ignored or trampled underfoot. We don't run out to the fence anymore to peer longingly over the edge to places where we cannot go. Instead, our focus is on the teacher, our Lord Jesus, who is our holiness and righteousness and good, and who is always right there in the midst of us, where two or three are gathered. What Jesus has done is taken out the fence and come to live in our very hearts, doing what the law could never do, making us righteous and holy in his blood. A great many people know the poem, Mending Wall, by Robert Frost, at least for the most quoted passage in that poem. But that line is often taken out of context. In the middle of the poem, through to the end, Robert Frost writes, something there is that doesn't love a wall, that wants it down. I could say elves to him. But it's not elves exactly, and I'd rather he said it for himself. I see him there bringing a stone grasped firmly by the top in each hand, like an old stone savage armed. He moves in darkness, as it seems to me, not of woods only in the shade of trees. He will not go behind his father's saying, and he likes having thought it so well. He says again, good fences make good neighbors. Robert Frost is actually speaking in this poem against that very proverb. That in fact, sometimes fences, walls and boundaries are not good. And we should look for something more. That's what Paul is writing in Romans chapter seven, and we're gonna continue our reflection on that chapter next week. That fences are not eternal goods. They keep things out, they keep people apart from one another. We've all read the stories of the couples, one American, one Canadian, who can't get to see each other, who are stopped at the border, who have to come and basically sit on either side of the dividing line and wave at one another. What is needed for the human race is not better fences to keep the sheep in their place, but a beloved Lord around whom the sheep can gather and who will lead the sheep to the places where they need to be. We don't need a curb around us to keep us from doing harm, but a teacher within us to encourage us to go out freely, without limit, and do good. Because Jesus has killed us and returned us to life, he has set us free. He has taken down the fence. He's broken down the wall. And he says, go where you need to go. Be who you need to be, and I will be there as your Lord to guide you and shepherd you. You need never fear or be restricted by a boundary or fence again. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.